0: At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible, with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. And we are live with Chad Kennedy. How's it going, brother? Good, brother. How are you doing this morning? How's the coffee? The coffee is fantastic. Well, thank you, Arrowhead Coffee Company. Product plug. <laughs> Delicious. I just got to get Mele to uh, sponsor me now. There you go. Because <laughs> I could, with a straight face, support them with the, those coffee uh, machines. They're so damn good. And then I'm moving in. Uh, that's it yep that's it I really appreciate you being in uh so you live in Calgary then
1: I do live in Calgary yes
0: all right so it wasn't too bad of a drive to get here
1: actually I stayed in Okotoks last night I'm excited to be on your show
0: well fantastic We're, we're excited to have you Chad so um your service you've been a sheriff for quite some time uh 14 years in March yes with the highway patrol that is a long time, man. So, a- why sheriffs? Why'd you pick them out of all the different ways to go? You know, it, uh, the uh,
1: the dream of becoming a mountie. Um, my my father was a proud member of the RCMP. Um, it just didn't work out for me, and the, and some doors opened for me to to join the sheriff highway patrol. Um, took advantage of it, uh, obviously, and and one of those things where um, career wise, where you can be proactive with, with helping issues on our highways. Um, I started off in Fort McMurray on highway 63 back then was the highway of death. Oh yeah. Um, And knew a lot of people who were killed in, uh, in, in bad car crashes. So figured, you know, I can do my part in, in trying to help people, Um, you know, education through enforcement is what we call it.
0: So uh, uh, for the people that don't know, explain why it was the highway of death back then.
1: Uh, back then, uh, Highway 63 from um, Boyle to Fort McMurray was very narrow. Um, so for our international listeners, this is in northern Alberta. Right, sorry. Um, yes, the the oil sands capital of the world. Um, a lot of fatigued drivers. Unfortunately, a lot of um, intoxicated drivers, um and everybody in a rush to get nowhere um and, and just a lot of head-on collisions on a very narrow highway um and mostly one-ton
0: pickup trucks
1: oh lots of one-ton pickup all trucks. jacked up all. with my pick-me-up truck yeah we yeah we we had names for those trucks we'll leave that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that's another conversation uh yeah just everybody in a rush um just a terrible uh, a terrible well a good place to work and and to try and make a difference unfortunately with that came a lot of um you know dealing with the the bad side of of highway patrol, which is not just issuing tickets and and keeping others safe it's it's cleaning up the mess on the side of the highway yeah, and of course by mess we're talking about people mess people mess um a lot of um serious injury collisions, a lot of fatalities. Um, and stuff that uh, you know your your brain files away over the course of of the years, just little filing cabinets, um, things that you don't want to talk about you um, yeah, you, you store away and you don't think you're ever going to speak about things again. Um, a, a lot of the times there's no dark humor, there's no um, words to describe what you're going through, and there's nobody to talk to about what we have faced on the side of the highway.
0: Well, I mean, how do you have the conversation? Hey, I saw a guy with no head today.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, uh, how
0: does that come up at the dinner table? Yeah,
1: it just doesn't. It's, uh, you know, you you, uh, let your loved ones know that you're at a bad scene and it's just not talked about again. And you get your, your friends that say, oh, you know, I saw your picture in the newspaper. Were you at that? You were at that crash. That must be pretty cool. It's like, ah, oh, man, nah, carnage on. ain't cool, man. Carnage ain't cool, and uh, yeah, you. So you just sort of deflect and start talking about your better traffic stops. Just a
0: little closer, Chad. Right, how's that? Yeah, it's good.
1: Cool. Yeah, so it, it's. I mean, any of us that that deal with post traumatic stress um, and. and you know, the the events that lead up to post-traumatic stress, uh, we we know. We store stuff away, and we don't talk about it. We, it's tough to start a conversation um, about post-traumatic stress because we don't want to be judged. Um,
0: and how different. is it uh, – No, before I ask this question, you're still employed by the sheriffs, right? Yes, I am. Okay, so there might be questions that I ask because uh, I, I, I'm like a pry bar sometimes. Feel free to pass, okay? Because you got a job, yes, Uh, (laughs) and you don't want to piss off your boss. That's right. But uh, the question I was going to ask, though, is how is the morale now in the sheriffs? Because i I get stories, man.
1: Uh, You know, we all get stories. Um, There's a lot of change going on with the Alberta sheriffs.
0: Um, Oh, that's very. Good, Chad. Look at the skill that you're dodging this Oh this yeah, good. It's deflection. <laughs> Boom. Good deflection, yeah. nicely uh, no done. No
1: comment at this time. <laughs> uh, there, there are a lot of changes going on with the uh, with the Alberta sheriffs. Um, I've been away from work since February 4th um, due to my post traumatic stress. Yeah. Um, and and my road to recovery, uh, healing, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, and I, quite frankly, I'm I'm all right with saying I. Don't think I'll be going back as a as a highway patrol guy. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, morale wise, I hear stories too. I'll just leave it at that.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, good friend of mine served in the, as a mountie, then uh, went to the sheriff's, and uh, it was from the frying pan to the fryer yeah. and what, as far as morale was concerned. And when there's bad morale, and I'll say it for you. <laughs> uh, cause, cause you won't be able to, um, bad morale is always, always a failure of leadership. Yes. Every time. And with, with poor leader, when you have managers who aren't leaders and they don't understand leadership and they don't understand human beings, you know, uh, and they look at them as warm bodies instead of human beings, then, that is the trickle down effect is unbelievable and it can make a otherwise fantastic career untenable. Yes. Like you just, you you can't do it because, um, the, when you have toxic at the top, the toxic in the ranks tends to float to the top. Yes. Right. Because like attracts like, and it's like, Oh, you're a, dick too uh who will do anything and and put a knife in somebody's back and for for your career Mm -hmm. all right career climber well we'll let you climb then so the um uh the the poop floats to the top absolutely you know it, it was certainly like that um well it's like that everywhere unfortunately and it's in our politics, obviously, and uh, and everywhere else. The career climbers that'll do anything, see anything, and don't care who gets hurt. That's right. Tend to climb. Yes, they do. I. I yeah. It's it's one of those
1: <laughs> uh, another world mystery. Is is how does that happen? It's um, but it, you're right. It's it's every every organization, every you know aspect of life. It's that's the way the world turns.
0: Well, that's the power of a really good leader too, because the odd time when you get a good one at the top who cannot be corrupted, who is not steeped in their ego, because that's what, what basically makes a bad leader, right? Somebody that is their ego and every bit of affirmation that they want, that they seek, that they demand is all to feed their ego wrong person to have in leadership program, uh, position. Yes. But the people that are truly confident, that truly know who they are. Now that's who you want as a leader because they don't have to feed their ego because they, they're not weak. They're strong. Mm-hmm. And when they don't have to feed their ego, they can focus on you, the people, as opposed to going, look at me. I'm top dog. <laughs> Bow before me. Kiss my ring. Yes. <laughs> Kiss my ring. <laughs> And, um, but that's, that's the problem with ego. And, uh, I think good leadership is getting more and more rare, partially because the, um, the warrior culture is shrinking more and more and the warrior is no longer celebrated. Instead, the warrior is shat upon. Shat upon. Yes. You know, and, um, you can't have a good leader who isn't a warrior. Right. I you agree. can't. I
1: agree 100%. Man, we're getting deep. This is deep.
0: This is deep. Are you able to talk? So, BTSD is, in the first responder community in your world, is usually death by a thousand cuts, but not always. Right. Sometimes it is one particular call that was either the breaking point of Death by a Thousand Cuts or everything actually was pretty good before, Yeah, but your cup filled up all at once. Right. What was it for you?
1: Uh, well, for me was uh, I'll, I'll, just a little bit of history here. So 2018, um, when I realized that there was a lot of, you know, stuff going on upstairs. Um,
0: And I just saw your anxiety jump up there, Chad. So let's just pause there for a moment. Sure. Take some breaths. Take a breath. Uh, Okay. We don't have to talk about any details. No, it's good. This isn't a therapy session. No, it's not. Okay. So we don't have to talk about any details, brother.
1: No, uh, I I won't go too
0: deep into it.
1: Um, uh, Part of what I do, yes, my anxiety anxiety will soar. But part of what I'm doing with C2C is, um, you know, I'm sharing my story in, in the hopes of having others share their story and, and just start a conversation. Um, I I don't think any of us should be ashamed of what we've gone through nor feel ashamed.
0: Or the consequences. Or
1: the consequences. Um, You know, we, we need to stand up against the, the bullies um, as I like to say. Um, And, and, why worry about what others think I, I you know 85% of our brothers and sisters um, are, are really um, going to have our backs it's that 15% that are going to turn around and walk out the door when that conversation started um, that's my belief um, so 2018 diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder um, didn't get the help that I needed um, right off the bat, I had a, a psychologist who didn't understand what um, emergency service people went through. Yeah, um, and that's a big problem. It's a huge problem. Um, so I, I was going through the the motions, I guess, um, for the yeah, I don't know how many sessions, four or five sessions, and everything was about everything but what I experienced. Um, as a, as an emergency service worker. So, um, you know, medication, Hey, it got me through, um, got me through the, the day. Um, able to, to rationalize with my fight or flight or freeze. Um, everything was in check. I was able to process things. Um, and I just carried on, went back to work. Life is good. And July 18th of 2020 at the Columbia Icefields, um, there was a, a, one of those ice crawler buses had, had rolled off a cliff. Um, so f- fortunately, um, there was myself, another Sheriff Highway Patrol member, and four RCMP members who were conducting an uh, uh, education session um, 10 kilometers south of the ice fields. Uh, and, you know, just right place, right time
0: or uh, wrong place wrong time.
1: Yeah, either way, uh, yeah, yeah, you cut the cookie. It's yeah. We were there. Yeah. Um so six six law enforcement people without um we we've got our basic first aid and and our yeah. our standard first aid kits in the trucks tre- of our vehicles.
0: Correct tre- pressure and elevate.
1: That's right. That's yeah. But so we, we we attend this mass casualty event. Um you know, three deceased, uh 20 24 people that were injured. Um, 17 of those, like, it was bad. It was um, really bad. And we didn't have the tools to deal with anything. We didn't have... Um, Kids. Paramedics. Pardon me? Kid. Kids. Uh, there was one baby involved. Um, the baby actually came out unscathed. Well, it's yeah.
0: made out of rubber.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, so, I mean, there's some there's good sides to, or the positives, I guess, I can pull out of that, that tragic event. Yeah. Um, but we didn't have the tools there. There were no paramedics, um, no fire department, no emergency folks on scene, um, some volunteers, um, and, and, you know, search and rescue guys, I, I believe that worked at the Columbia Fields. uh, but we just didn't have the tools. And, um, anyways, that was the, um, I guess the straw that broke the camel's back and, um, I had reached out for help uh, shortly after that event. And
0: how did you know that you needed the help?
1: Uh, basically I had a breakdown. Um, just went uh, one of the, yeah, a, a pre planned vacation, um, that was set up for right after that weekend. Um, spent two weeks with some people, um, and I couldn't talk about anything that had happened. Um, it was bottled up yeah, and stored up. And it's um, one of those uh, uh, returning from vacation. Uh, just a small thing had set me off. Um, you know, it, it would be a small thing to anybody else. It was a small thing to everybody around me. Very big to me. Yeah. And, um, kind of exploded, I, I guess, just. Didn't know what to do with all the energy stored up inside myself. Um, So yeah, something was wrong. I I knew definitely something was wrong. Um, Reached out for help a second time. Um, And even after getting, you know, reaching out for help and getting some help, everything sort of digressed. Um, I was still going back to work. And by December of this past year, uh, I single vehicle collision out on Highway 1 out by, by Kananaskis that was, you know, avoidance. I avoided going to that crash. Um, put it off for, I, I want to believe it was 10 minutes. Uh, then eventually went and did what I was trained to do, which was show up, but total avoidance. And by February uh, 4th, I, I had gone to my sergeant. And, and said, you know, I, I just I need some help. So it's uh, yeah. What what? I don't know if it was the bus crash or the um, the single vehicle collision in December that sort of, you know, what tipped me towards
0: well, all the above, Chad. Uh, yeah, it, it's
1: just and obviously once you you get that that big event. Um, or that one event, I, I won't say the big event, but there's that one event that opens up every one of those filing cabinets in your brain and you start getting memories, um, flashbacks, whatever you want to call them, about all these other atrocious events that you've attended over your career, things that you've you, you haven't spoke of for, there's some events, 15 years. You know as an auxiliary r c m p member stuff that I had seen, and um all of a sudden the dam broke, oh yeah, the dam broke, and uh fortunately um when I reached out for help my my family doctor had put me off work and you know and then i started the 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 process with w c b which i i was i was scared of um i, I you don't hear a lot of positive. Stories with WCB, you you hear all the negatives.
0: Um, so negative, how? Uh, just people
1: reaching out for help, and the the right help isn't there. Um, and I guess with what people assume help should be with with an outfit like
0: WCB, because uh, they act like an insurance company, not a service provider. Exactly. Um, so there's like, no, you're fine, and yep. you have to prove yep. you have to advocate for yourself. To, That's to right. Say, Big no, I'm not fine. That's right. You motherfuckers!
1: That's right. You've got to stand up and and let them know that you're not fine, and and find the doctors that are going to um, reinforce that for you. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. Uh, and I hear the stories right across Canada that the negatives. Um, and here I am with a, a positive experience with WCB, and I almost feel guilty. <laughs> Feel very guilty, and it's not something that I I, I ever imagined I would go through. Um, but I've I've got a great occupational therapist, a great psychologist, um, the psychiatrist team that that uh, did my assessment were fantastic. My caseworker with WCB is fantastic.
0: So is WCB the only option for a sheriff? So you don't have an equivalent of Veterans Affairs?
1: No, which is um, really unfortunate. Really unfortunate. So, you know, our our military brothers and sisters are our, our brothers and sisters with the uh with the RCMP. Do you have a union? Oh yeah. Yeah. We've got a union. I'll leave it at that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. We have got to um uh, you know, it's it this is where we need to make change and, and not just with the Alberta Sheriffs, it's with all of the our agencies right across the country, and North America. We, we, we're all having this issue where, uh, for whatever reason, mental health amongst our emergency service and military communities just isn't important. I don't get it. To me, it's very important. To you, yeah. it's important. To the people that suffer with um, post-traumatic stress, it's important. You know, the public... And our governments, our management expect all of us to be healthy and strong to keep everybody safe. That's fine. I can go to the gym. I can go walk 20 kilometers a day. I can feel great. But if shit's not good in our head, how fit are we? How are we able to, or how how can we take care of the public if if we're not taking care of ourselves? Which goes right back to leadership. You know, let's do the, the emotional well-being check amongst our personnel and make sure that we're fit for duty, right? I'd rather have a guy that is, and no offense to anybody out there, but a, a, a guy or a girl who's 500 pounds eating a cheeseburger come to my door that is mentally fit and able to take care of me as an individual than somebody like me who is, you know, I've got racing brain. Yeah, and I'm trying to deal with somebody and be compassionate and empathetic towards uh, the fact that your three-year-old's bicycle was stolen off your lawn.
0: But your hypervigilance is, is out of control. Right. Your, your brain is screaming. That, that's right.
1: You're just... Um, and
0: people can't see it.
1: They can't. You, yeah. look,
0: you look fine, Chad.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. The invisible, invisible wound. So, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's concerning. And, and you look at, um, you know, there's there's so much involved. We have um, first responders um, out in the world, military personnel that are responding to other people's emergencies. And we hear that call. We flick on lights and sirens or we jump in a Humvee and we're, we're bombing along at 200 kilometers an hour to respond to somebody else's emergency, not thinking about what we're going through and what danger we pose on the, on the roadways or in, you know, wherever we're at. Um, we sort of push that. Um, oh, geez, the, the term will come to me anyways. We, you know, we're, we're going somewhere where we're not checking our own mental health. We're not taking a breath. Kind of like here when my, my anxiety elevates, is just take that breath before we're hitting the lights and sirens. Do we need to be doing... 200 kilometers an hour,
0: or can we be doing 120 kilometers an hour and watching what's going on around us? And the self-awareness to co-regulate. Right. Like with you and I, I'm sure you noticed that I'm doing the deep breathing for you.
1: Yes, and I appreciate that. (sighs)
0: Because that's all you have to do sometimes. Yeah. Because it brings, we are sharing a connection right now. Yes, we are. Right, So we're sharing a connection. I can feel your energy. You can feel mine. Uh, whether you want to be woo-woo about it or not, it's true. And it's actually science, right? When you're high anxiety, I can feel it. It's like uh, when you walk in and there's just been a fight in the room. You can feel the tension in the room. I can cut the tension with a knife. Well, the, Yes. Yes. Yes, you actually can feel it. And by me regulating for you, it helped. And did it work? Absolutely, so my regulating helped you regulate, yes, and this is how we support each other, but we can't do it if we don't fuck and talk about it exactly. If we don't understand the injury, if we're not tuned in enough ourselves to see when somebody else is hurting, how do you co-regulate if you're not aware that it's even required, right? And that's the type of trauma-informed um, awareness that we need in every sheriff's department, in, in every EMS, everywhere. How do we support each other? Because it ain't that hard. You just have to fucking give a shit. Yep. You just have to care. That's it. If you care, there are a few simple skills. But you have to care. And you have to, and for your job and my job, which is what you're doing is recover out loud. Yes, you're recovering very out loud, right? You're throwing yourself out there, which isn't easy. I can tell you're not a, a giantly extroverted guy, you know, um, but you feel a sense of duty. Yes,
1: absolutely. It's uh, when, when
0: did you do, d- decide to uh, to do the C to C for PTSD? And you've been doing legs, right? Like you've been doing like pre. Yeah. What's it been looking like so far?
1: Uh, Well, so far, good. There's, so I'll go back to just shortly after the the bus crash, um, July 18th. It was uh, two weeks after that. I kind of threw it out there. Um, People don't understand my language, our language with post traumatic stress. Um, Why is there nothing. why are we always worried about COVID or elections? What, what are prime ministers doing? Why is there nothing about mental health, the emotional well being of our, our emergency service and, and military personnel? There's nothing ever spoken of. And because I wasn't being understood, my dad's um, a survivor of complex PTS um, with his service with the RCMP. Um, Somebody needs to get out there and, and just start educating the public. Um, this is what we deal with. This is what we go through. And not all of us. Um, you know, it, it, you need to know that if you're not taking care of your, your emergency service people, how are they going to take care of you? And, you know, it's, and it's just that question. In a small community, you know who your, your emergency service people are you know that they went to a tragic event the night before, and it's just asking the question, are you okay? That's it. You know, I know. And that. wanting to hear the answer. And yes. So it's, um, we, we, as human beings, we just need to take care of each other. Um, so this decision was made back then, August 9th, I I literally got off my ass off the couch Uh, Quit feeling sorry about or for myself, went and bought a pair of sneakers and just started walking. Um, And now, you know, we put a name to it, C2C for PTSD. Um, Fast forward to September um, as a as a warm up walk. We walked across Alberta on our Alberta route um, from B.C. border to Saskatchewan border in 10 days. Um, And that was just warm up to see how the, the team would jive when we do the whole walk from...
0: So it's a relay race? Or, or oh, no, no. Relay?
1: This is just full on. Chad's going to walk Canada. Jesus. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what I... Every second day, Jesus, what did I get myself into? Um, So April 2nd, we'll kick off from the lower mainland in, in British Columbia and...
0: I'm sorry, on what day?
1: Uh, April 2nd. Okay. It was initially going to be April 1st and we figured, you know, nobody's going to take us serious if we step <laughs> off on that day. So... Uh, we pushed it to the the, the next day, um, kind of leaving the 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 starting point as uh, or the step off point as a a surprise, I guess, because of other things that have been happening behind the scenes. But so
0: how many kilometers you have already put on? Uh, just in training for, and for walking. for, for warm up,
1: yeah, for warm up. <laughs> so Alberta was, um. Geez, three hundred and sixty-six kilometers, um,
0: which uh, it, it was a good test.
1: Um, I I'd been training for. Um, and
0: what did you learn walking across Alberta?
1: Footwear, footwear is very important. That's uh, you got a sponsor uh, working on it. Uh, there's yeah, people behind the scenes working on the footwear sponsor. So, um, I, I'm hoping to find out soon if if that footwear sponsor is going to jump on board as a national sponsor, but well,
0: no. uh, when I mentioned to you, Dana Mizey keen, um, I sponsored him and he was wearing the, uh, the Durands, the keen Durands. Okay. i got a pair of them over there. Figure if they're good enough to do the trans Canada trail, they're good enough for me. Yeah. Well, they're super light and, uh, maybe reach out to the keen folk too. Perhaps I will.
1: Perhaps I will. But, uh, yeah, a lot of footwear, a lot of trials with footwear and, uh, thinking that blisters were natural, uh, normal. And uh, yeah, there's you no, know, if you get the appropriate footwear, you shouldn't be getting blisters. So,
0: What sort of sponsors and support uh, do you have lined up?
1: Uh, well, I've got a sponsorship committee now working on um, uh, motorhome uh, accommodations, uh, food and fuel for across the country.
0: So you need people driving the motorhome to go with you? And-
1: uh, we do have a, a, I've got a team. A good team. So have yeah. um, got a, a buddy of mine, Rick Chorney, out of uh, British Columbia, who will be our safety guy. Um, Natasha Johnston out of Otasquin, who will be our, our road captain, I guess. Um, and safety and road captain will work together on, on safety issues, obviously. And then uh, Sonia Sharp out of Edmonton, who will be our communications officer. So we'll, we'll have a team. Going together, it won't just be me out there by myself. We'll have the safety team, and then together they'll they'll figure out the motorhome situation. Um, but my truck is deckled with uh, you know the flashing amber lights to keep me safe. Uh, How are you funding it? Uh, Fund, you know, it's fundraising. It's uh, you know this practice walk across Alberta brought in some money for us to help do the kickoff. Uh, Legacy places helped us out. Uh, Legacy Place Society here. Thanks, Diana. Yeah, thanks, Diana. Um, shout out there. Uh, you know, we've got Dick Insurance uh, who's helped us out financially. Uh, geez, Force Auto Styling uh, and Wired Differently. Jonathan with Wired Differently is uh, is helped out. So for now, um, we're going to start doing some more fundraising that'll hopefully go viral. Uh, we've got some. Tricks up our sleeve.
0: And once your expenses are uh, covered, gas and, and, and whatnot, uh, where do the funds go? Uh,
1: the funds will stay, uh, the funds we raise in each province um, will stay in each province to support mental health programs for our, our emergency service and military friends. Um, any money that's left over over and above uh, the provincial funds, when we finish the walk, we'll, we'll vote on what national Program we can donate funds to, so yeah, uh, we're going to raise money to help fuel the way across the country. Um, but yeah, er- everything stays in each individual province.
0: All right, maybe. uh did, What's your end date? Do, do you know when when you think you're going to end up on the East Coast?
1: It's going to depend on the weather. We've uh, weather in your knees and my knees. Yes. Um, so we've given ourselves ten months realistically looking at eight months um and it'll be monday to friday and basically walking a marathon a day um the monday to friday thing is allows us to stop over in key communities across canada to do some you know wellness walks and talks with uh with communities and the first responders uh
0: are you going to be set up with an app so anybody can go to a website and see exactly where you are?
1: Yes. So I've got my my high-end watch that I, I got for my birthday um, that will actually track and I'll be able to post on our website or our social media feeds um, exactly where we're at and then people can you know basically do the math as to when we're going to show up in their community along the way.
0: Now, are you taking the short, shortest route possible or are you, <laughs> probably not? It's, well, yeah, it's... You know, the the, the
1: easy um, would be the, the Trans-Canada Highway. Unfortunately, in BC, with their construction season and uh, the the portions of highway that they've had shut down recently for, for construction, uh, we decided to take Highway 3, which, yeah, is uh, I've driven it quite a few times. It's it, pretty. It is pretty um, <laughs> and, and pretty steep. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of challenges there, so... Uh, Trans Canada Highway from um, the west coast to Hope, and then Highway Three from Hope to uh, Tabor, and then we'll head up. I think Highway Thirty Six towards Brooks, and then so we can uh, allow the the. Good now, folk- when you
0: come through here, you got to uh, come through Okotoks again and get you back on the show. Get oh. an update.
1: Well, I might have to cheat. We'll, we'll take a drive up on a Saturday and come and visit you. Absolutely. There you go. We'll figure it out. Or we'll get you out walking.
0: Yeah. So are you expecting crowds to come with you? force Gump this thing?
1: Okay. Let's force Gump it. Um, you know, during our practice walk, we did have individuals um, that would show up on the side of the highway. And, yeah. And whether veterans um, or family members of, of emergency service or vets um, were we're yeah, I want to walk. I want to tell you a bit of our story. And we just, you know, come along. Let's walk for a kilometer. Uh,
0: Are there other, um, like, uh, Ruck for Remembrance uh, with Lino or anything like that? Is anybody going to be joining you or, or helping to support you? Uh,
1: you no, know, I, I hope. Um, we're, we're slowly having people reach out. Um, a lot of emails to go through. Yeah. Believe me. Um,
0: do you have Arrowhead Coffee providing you coffee? Uh,
1: Arrowhead. If you're listening, I know you are. <laughs> yes, I need coffee. Your great coffee.
0: They do have fantastic coffee. Uh, right now, I've got uh, another one is five twenty one coffee here in Calgary. Do you know them? No, I don't. But so, I want to get to know them. So uh, he's a first responder. Uh, he's five foot twenty one inches, so he's six foot nine. And wow. Uh, oh. Uh so he, so he's a first responder and It's 5 521 coffee. But uh talk talk with him. Okay. And uh he'll probably be happy to provide you with some coffee too.
1: Please do. Yeah. Get your name across the country for sure.
0: Yeah, um, there you go.
1: Uh yeah, so far you know we I've I've had a lot of great organizations reach out. Um the uh Rolling Barrage actually reached out to me.
0: I ride with them every year.
1: Oh, do yeah, you? That's great. Yeah great they reached out uh geez just towards the end of my alberta walk asking you know the route for next year and uh so we'll keep them in the in the loop with uh logistics and uh yeah it's kind of cool it's uh it's exciting when when a big outfit such as the rolling barrage and everything they do and the and the the education with post-traumatic stress like it's It's overwhelming.
0: With things like um, Scott Casey's rolling barrage, which I know he's passed the torch, but um, I have to to say his name when you say the rolling barrage. Scott Casey. Scott Casey. Uh, What they've achieved is incredible. Um, And what you're doing is incredible. And the importance of it can't be understated because there's still a problem with leadership in all of the EMS, first responder services, and the military. And they're trying. You know, they have R2MR, uh, Road to Mental Readiness, which um, is a start. Yeah. Right? It's not great. It's a start. It's a start. And thank God for a start. You got to start somewhere. Um, One of the challenges with getting the frontline folks, you know, uh, up to speed on... How can you be doing preventative maintenance, right? Uh, what's a, What are the common practices that you should do every day uh, to help with resilience? How can you be mindful so that you can recognize earlier that you are, in fact, injured? Because can, people can, can be injured. It can be, for th- those that have eyes for it, that can understand, obvious. I was undiagnosed for 23 years. Complete ignorance. Yep. Right, uh, I knew something was wrong. I just didn't know what it was. And I sure didn't want to blame my service because I didn't want to be weak. That's right. And uh, 23 years of a train wreck, um, like just a wild, wild train wreck. The more we understand what the symptoms look like, the more we can put our hand on our brother's and sister's shoulder and go, hey, you all right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Let's talk. Exactly that.
0: Are are, are you aware that you're exhibiting symptoms right now? Do you know that? Would you like to talk a little bit more? And to be kind to each other. Yes. Right? And uh, one of the barriers to us being kind to each other is that we like wearing the cape. And because we like wearing the cape, hey, all you got to do is, and then we give some bullshit advice that we're not qualified to give and that wasn't asked for. That's right. When advice is not what needs to be given right now, it's kindness and empathy. Yeah. That's what needs to be given. And that's not part of the training.
1: No, it's not. Um interesting enough excuse me. Um started writing a book.
0: Figured, you know, I I, I wanna
1: write a book. I wanna tell my story. Um, Are you
0: gonna keep a daily journal for your uh well, trip as well? Oh well, heck yes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think and Um, yeah, photo journal, video journal. It's going to be handwriting a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. There's going to be a lot of coolness along the way. It's, uh, so, uh, geez. Was just after, after my walk across Alberta, I, I went and parked my ass in Kananaskis country and, uh, just to escape everything. Um, just started doodling. I'm going to write a book. Um, I, I look back over many different hats I've worn um, over my young life span. Um, I went back to 1991, um, went through basic training in Cornwallis. No mental health talk. There's no, you know, here I am 5,000 kilometers away from my parents
0: so I'm back up there. I was distracted by the coffee maker. So you served in the military?
1: I did for a short term. Yes, long enough to screw up my legs in battle school. And uh, what, what what
0: what track are you on? Were you going to be uh, uh, Patricia or Royal? Well, oh I was uh, you know, artillery guy.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's what the aptitude test told me I was going to be. So well, I. Well, you must I, be good at math. Well, yeah, real good at math. One plus one again. <laughs> yeah that's it's it, one that's and a half it, that's that's the way it's one <laughs> and a half that's what computers are for yeah um so yeah I, you know basic training 5,000 kilometers away from um from my family and well here's my here's a group of people that are my new parents and here's all my new brothers and sisters 97 people in our in our platoon and geez, all these things being thrown at us. Like, things I, I don't think they do in basic training anymore, but um, you know, your stress factor, um, anxiety. So w- what year was Cornwallis? Uh, 91.
0: What? Of course. Uh, 91 what?
1: Ninety-one twenty-four. I was 91-06. Oh, geez. I would have seen you around the, around the, the base. CFRS. Well, I would have
0: been on week 10 while you're on week one. Yeah. Well, thanks for...
1: Educating me on my mental health, man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> here's, here's what to look for. Now I'm passing the buck.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, there's no, um, no talk of mental health. No, and, not. and here's how we deal with things. Um, got out, moved on in life. Um, years later, uh, signed up to, to help out with victim services or be a volunteer with victim services in Fort McMurray. Where you're you're tagging along with uh, uh, next of kin notifications or or grieving families brutal, uh, but no talk on mental health, how to take care of ourselves. Yeah, uh, went to the R- RCMP auxiliary program. No talk of mental health. Uh, geez, community peace officer program or special constable back in the day in Fort McMurray. No talk on mental health. Went to the Alberta sheriffs. No mental health talk. Like there, there's nothing. So there's a, no proactive approach to our mental health injuries. Everything is reactive. So why are we not implementing training for the first couple of days of whatever we go into, firefighting, nursing school, doctor school, paramedics, uh, sheriffs, RCMP two days before here's a pair of boots go make them
0: shiny um, uh, we wear flak va- uh, vests and kevlar helmets to protect us in the eventuality of some frag flying our way Yep, you know they're not bulletproof folks just so you know unless you got the plates that's right you know um that costs money yeah <laughs> yeah well in Afghanistan they got plates I think uh, uh I was a Croatia guy so it was just uh ballistic a ballistic blanket for a vest, you know? Yeah. Um, but the point is, is that they give us this, um, equipment, this heavy duty equipment in case you get fragged to protect you. And you understand how to wear it, why to wear it, you know, what the risks are, Yep. but we don't do that with, um, psychological injuries and we still don't.
1: That's right. So, you know, everything is reactive. So it's, yeah. uh, what are we doing wrong? Um, I think we can we can all sit down and and make a list of what we're doing wrong. Uh, it's just getting somebody to hear what we're saying, help implement this. You know whether it's
0: what are the top one or two or three most important unheard messages. Uh, the biggest misunderstanding out there, like if you only had three messages that you could give to every police department, every, every sheriff's department, what would the, about the injury of uh, PTSD? Well, what would those two or three messages be? Well,
1: when you believe something is not right upstairs, I call it the noodle in your brain. Sure. Um, talk to somebody, reach out for help. Um, and until you reach out for help, you don't know what stage you're at with your, your post-traumatic stress or your your mental or emotional well being. It might just be some counseling, uh, somebody can talk to you, but when when you feel something's not right, seek help or, you know, ask, I, I think most agencies now have peer to peer support, um, If you're comfortable or not, or your family doctor, reach out for help. Um, Recognize the signs in your brothers and sisters, you know.
0: Listen to the first 10 episodes of this show.
1: Yes. Uh, Always, you know, be vigilant. Um, If you're not feeling right, if we have the flu, we stay at home. We're not 100%. How, How can I make sure Mark is taken care of when I'm out on the road with Mark if I have the flu and I'm down, I'm only at 10%. Mentally, how can I take care of my partner or the public or myself if I'm only at 10% you know, or 40%? I'm not 100%. Check yourself. It's, uh, you know, if we break a leg, what do we do? We go to the doctor. You know, we break a toe. Um, go get it fixed or get it looked at um, and hopefully catch it early enough in your career that it's, it's, you're, you're not left like I am asking the question, did, did this stuff happen to me at the end of my career or halfway through my career? I don't have an answer for that. Um, doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It's, uh, it's built up too long.
0: Yeah. Is it, it, are you injured? Does it hurt? Yeah. That's it. Yep. And then, okay, let's, let's do something about it. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, but,
1: It's got to come right back to our leaders, our our management, um, our government. We need to implement something so we can, you know, if we all have the same training, mental health training, when we start our career, then we start going through the the, the process of eliminating the, I hate to say the word, I, I really dislike the word, it's the narcissistic, well, two words, narcissistic pricks that are out there. If we're all taking this training and we learn how to take care of each other as human beings, then within two generations, hopefully one generation of, of our emergency service and military personnel, we've weeded out this, this stigma, this, I'm too afraid to go ask for help. Now everybody's had the same training and we keep moving forward. And yeah, there's going to be people that promote, but that person has an, Exactly the same training that you had on day one, and then we need our agencies to do the uh, the annual checkups on us. You know, can we um, do an annual assessment on mental health for our our emergency service and military people? Um, and just continue the training and and recognize those early signs of. Of post traumatic stress or operational stress injuries, if you wish to call it that, and, and pluck them out of that environment and get them that that rapid help. It should just be an ongoing process. It shouldn't be, oh, geez, after thirteen and a bit years, here's Chad who's hurt, injured,
0: and in the sheriff's department. Are they using CISD? CISD, explain. I, gu- I guess not. I guess not. I <laughs> guess not. It's a critical incident stress debriefing.
1: Uh, no, no. Yeah. Which, yeah.
0: Well, that's sad.
1: That is sad.
0: That's sad, Chad.
1: <laughs> that rhymes. Uh,
0: yeah. uh, CISD, um, there's a protocol for it. There's training for it. And I've had guests on the show talking about it. But the CISD... If uh, you cut your, your hand off yeah. right now, is it better to uh, get a tourniquet on that now or in an hour? Uh, right right now. Right now. Right? If you don't, if you ignore it, it's going to be bad. Right? You can't wait. Right. You don't, you don't, or if you have a broken leg, do we get you to the hospital now or in a couple months? We get you there now yeah. and we set it now. Otherwise, uh, it ain't going to heal right. It's going to be all buggered up. It's the same with mental injuries. It's the same. And I'm going to answer your question uh, uh, that I asked you. The message to, and I've said it a thousand times on the show, so for the people that have listened to every single episode of Tango Romeo, (laughs) I do apologize. (laughs) But um, it's an injury. Not, it, we should call it an injury because it makes us feel better. No, it is a freaking injury. You can stick somebody in an MRI and they can see the brain activity is different. Yep. They can see the neural pathways to the amygdala. You can see it. Your brain map changes. It is an injury and injuries need to be dealt with sooner, not later. One of the challenges with this injury is that um, the symptoms may not show up for a few months right. from, from the main event. The other is that when those symptoms do show up, connecting the dots, that one, I have the self-awareness that I understand I'm having symptoms. Two, understanding the the cause of those symptoms. Three, doing something about it. Yes. And that's still missing. Because if I accept that I have symptoms, I have to accept that I'm injured. Yep. If I have to accept I'm injured, I have to accept that I'm vulnerable. If I have to accept that I'm vulnerable, well, oh, that takes courage. Tremendous courage. Yes. And that is something that, um you, you mean, you do not want to hit bottom on this injury.
1: No. No. And we, we all know the outcome. Yeah, dead. Dead. We just lost another one. Yes, we did.
0: You know, up in St. Albert. He was a Patricia, and then... Uh, um. uh and the pain that that causes, you know, I watched a friend of mine who's been on the show who, was, who, who knew Mr. Hillier and um, completely unglued sobbing with just pain. I know that pain. It's a horrific pain. Um, and the guilt that we uh, inappropriately feel. And it's, it's like, okay, they committed suicide or died by suicide. I've got to yeah. watch my words. They died by suicide. Why why didn't I help? I should have done more. I could have done more. You know, um, but that's not how that works. Right. You know, uh, we're all responsible for our own personal mental health. And the best we can do to support each other is to not be douchebags to each other. That's right. By increasing stigma, by saying, well, that's no big deal. All you have to do is, well, if you just would have... Did did you get your walk-in today? Did you go hug a tree today? Yeah. Did you do your breathing? Shut your mouth. Yeah. You know, like shut your mouth. There's an injury here. Somebody's in pain. Figure out the resources. If you, if you don't know what to say, say nothing other sure. than I'm here. Yes. What do you need? What do you need? Let's do that. For peer support, what are some of the do's and don'ts of peer support from your perspective? Oh, pff, peer support.
1: Uh, yeah, the, the don'ts with peer support. Um, don't, so if, if somebody's looking out for somebody else and you know I'm. I, we are having a, a, a challenge, um, don't nitpick at the challenge. Don't, you know, don't reassure me everything's going to be okay everything's going to be fine um what you do do is that
0: that trivializes what you're feeling yes yes you know telling you don't worry about it it's like telling you not to be sad or tell you not to be anxious like that's you're being a dick exactly
1: or you know what what triggers us something that's small for us or small for anybody else can be a big thing to us don't Say that. Don't. It's such a small thing. Why are you so upset? We just, you know, give me a moment. Give me a moment. I'll breathe. I'll be back to being okay. Uh, a lot of times, I just need a hug. You know, peer support. Give me a hug, and let me convert that negative energy into something positive. A hug is, man. Do you know any negative hugs? Like, is there? I don't think there's any negative hugs. You, you... The
0: um injury of PTSD is an injury of disconnection. Yes. A disconnection from yourself, from your from your spirit, from community. Yeah. Hug is a beautiful way to establish connection. Yes. So that's the power of a hug. A hug says that you are accepted, that you are connected, that I see you, and that you're worth my time. That's right. I want to um explain why the little thing seems like a big thing to us. A little thing to somebody else is a big thing to us. Do you know why that is? I have no idea. Okay. So I'll use the cup analogy again. For those that see this on, on uh, the Facebook page, the Tango Romeo Facebook page, they'll see my cup. Healthy, healthy person, trauma cup is full, full up to about here. Okay. When you uh, have got it so filled up that um, you have a PTS injury, it's always hovering right around here. So it's not that the big thing is a little thing. It's just that if your cup's here, you got room for a big thing right. You could put a big thing in here and it's not, it's not you could put a big rock in here. it's not going to spill over. you're fine. But if your trauma cup's all the way up here, you can only put a pebble in there. We're not fucking being dramatic. We don't have the capacity to hold that thing. It's little for somebody else if they have room for it. If you have a great big pickup truck, a sandbag takes up no room. Right. If you have a smart car, where in the fuck am I going to put the sandbag? Right? We're already full. Yep, There's no room. You cannot fill a cup that is already, you know, uh, like you can't, and there's just no room for it. It's a it's a matter of capacity. Our cups are already full, man. So we're not being dramatic. We're not being weak. We're not being um, divas. Uh, there's just no room. The cups are already full, and we, and that's what it is. So the spillover because there's just no room, is the anxiety. The spillover is the temper. The spillover is the need to avoid. i got to get the fuck out of here. That's the spillover. So we have two cha- choices in healing. All the therapists say, well, let's, let's, let's lower that, let's drain the cup a little bit. That's what we try to do, right? Turns out you pretty much can't do that. Those neural pathways are fucking there. So instead of trying to just drain the cup, we get a bigger cup. And the bigger cup is awareness. The bigger cup is attention to health. The bigger cup is education. It is also the therapy. It is also the treating the individual traumas with uh, EMDR or... Whatever the modality, reconsolidation therapy, which you listened to part of that show with Genevieve. That's about getting a bigger cup. So the tram is still there, but you got more room. So now when that big rock comes in, you don't spill over. Right. Because you're down here. So we have to become stronger. We have to become, we don't have a choice. Right. The only way to heal is to be a better human being, a wiser human being. Because that trauma is still going to be there. We just have to learn how to hold it. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I love that. That is, that's spelled out to me in Chad's terms. Yeah. Because he, I could never put a a human language to what goes on up here with, you know, in somebody else's opinion, a small event or a a small thing that triggers such a, a big reaction. Um, So thank you. Thank you for
0: that. That's why it's so important not to be douchey when, um, uh, we're we're not going to talk about the C word, but just as an example, for whatever reason, and I can't explain it, but I don't have to fucking explain it, it. It just is. Putting on a mask causes me terrible anxiety. It doesn't matter If I explain why, I don't need to justify to anybody. It just does. So I will be if I know I have to put on a mask to go into to to grab a coffee in a Seven Eleven or whatever. I can be in that parking lot for twenty minutes. Twenty minutes doing breathing exercises to and and mental preparation and everything else, um, visualizations, every tool that I got, just so I can wear that stupid fucking mask. to go in and and uh, grab a coffee right. at Seven yep. Eleven, right? It's a major event for me. For everybody else, like, what the fuck's your problem? It's just a mask. Okay. Fuck you. It is for you, not for me. Don't be a douche. That's right. Right. You're not me. I'm not you. It's the exact same with your the major event. The the um, that rollover. Yep. You could have ten responders there. There's 10 different experiences. Well, I was there too. No, you weren't. You were there looking through your eyes. I was there looking for my eyes. You don't have my history. You don't have my childhood. You don't have my filter. Right. Your experience was not my experience. On my tour, my peacekeeping tour in Croatia, way back when, there's a couple thousand people there. There There's a couple thousand different experiences. We may have been at the same events. But we did not experience them the same. So because you weren't injured or don't know that you're injured, doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to be injured. Because we did not have the same events. And I do not have to justify why I'm injured. That's right. I don't have to explain, defend, or justify anything. None of us do. Are you injured? Are you suffering? Then let's fucking help you. Yep. There's no defend, justify, explain required because we're all different. And that is the biggest message to each other is don't be a fucking douche because we're terrible to each other because what we're actually doing is saying, that couldn't be me. We don't want to admit our own vulnerability, so we don't want to see it in somebody else. That's right. 100% right. Thanks for being here, Chad. Thanks for having me. Any closing messages? You know what? Take care of yourself. Take It'll care work. of you. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else will. That's right. Thanks, brother. Thank you, brother. You're listening to Operation Dango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast. For veterans, first responders, including the sheriffs. Mm-hmm.